is our God in the name of Jesus. Well, good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? Are y'all excited? Y'all ready to experience the word from the Lord in Jesus name? Let's make the Lord glad. Let's make the devil mad. Glory to God. Are y'all interested? Okay, I must be in the wrong church. Hold on, let me try. Let me try that again. <clears throat> Are y'all interested? Praise God. All right. Well, good morning. My name is Pastor Milton Jones. I'm the lead pastor here at Faithful Life Center, and it's my privilege and honor to welcome you in with us today. If this is your very first time, on behalf of Sister Joy and myself, we would like to welcome you to Faith for Life in Jesus' name. Now, we have a couple things we need to go over this morning, and I hope you brought your shouting shoes, because I sure enough brought mine. Glory to God. I said I brought my shouting shoes. You got your shouting shoes on this morning. See, this is the thing. This is what I learned. You can only get what you expect. If you expect nothing, God is going to meet you at your low expectation. You expect nothing, you're going to get exactly what you expected. Zero. But if you come expecting, you got your neck stretched out. You, it's kind of like we say doing a bus stop. The bus stop, when you was a kid, you, you know the bus is coming, you get on that corner, and it's about time for that bus to come. What do you do? You start leaning out in expectation for that bus to come at any moment. So what I'm asking you to do, don't sit back just watching me. Don't get your bag of popcorn, your, your, your Frito-Lays, your, your, your spicy, spicy chips, or whatever the case may be, and your tea, if you're in Canada, A, and whatever you're gonna do, don't just sit back and watch. Get involved. In, in fact, make, the, make this declaration. Say, Father, I make a demand on the man of God, on the gift of God, that you sent us today. Give us everything. I mean everything that you gave him to give to us. We believe we receive in Jesus' name. So when you come through that door in the morning, you come through that door like, man, I am expecting. It's kind of like you go to your favorite restaurant. You go to that restaurant. You usually got a little hunger going on in your stomach. You don't go to that restaurant. Okay, anything you want to give me, just just give me. You already know before they ain't even got to come to you and ask you what you want because you already know because you've been thinking about it all day long what it is that you was going to get when you got to that restaurant. I, or is that just me? I could tell you at 8 o'clock in the morning what I want for dinner that night. I already know what I want. So when I come, when you come to service and everything, or you come to in prayer with God, you want to come already expecting. You got Because he already going to be ready. You got to come with some expectation. I'm expecting today. So I just gave you that time so y'all can just kind of loosen up a little bit because y'all look tight. And I mean, y'all were tight in this piece this morning. All right. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Glory to God. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> this is the day which the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be exceedingly glad in. That's why we pray. If you listen to the praise and worship songs, you will hear a message. We talked about raise a hallelujah when in the middle of the storm. You don't wait till you're on the other side of the storm. In the middle of the storm, you start raising your hallelujah. Sometimes you, you might be crying while you're saying it. You may not even know what to say. You may not remember any of the scriptures, but you can say, I just want to say hallelujah. That's the highest of praise. You might as well practice because when you get to heaven, that's what you're going to be saying. Hallelujah. Every time the angels go past the throne of God, you know what they say? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty because they see something new they had not seen before. 
The other thing is, is even at the reason why you're going to raise a hallelujah is because God has been so good to you. If you're still alive on this earth right now, you still in your right mind, your good health, you, you, you got food on your tables, clothes on your back and a roof over your head. You have enough reason to say, God, you are good. Now, that doesn't mean everything in your life is perfect, but it's a lot better than somebody else's who doesn't live that far away from you. Are you listening to me? You have a lot to be thankful for. And the fact that the reason why you know God is so good, because he is so great. He is so faithful and how great you are, God, even in the midst of the storm. In fact, when that song was written, how great thou art, it was in a result of a, of a storm that the guy was going through. So we have a lot to be thankful, a lot to be thankful for. I mean, if somebody, if I was supposed to get 10 shrimps when I was eating shrimp a lot, but when I, if I was supposed to get 10 shrimps and they gave me 12, I'd be like, glory to God. They like, what you glory to God for? Man, they gave me two extra shrimps. Glory to God. They like, you're going to get that excited about two extra shrimp? I said, if I start with the shrimp and he'll move me on up and move me on up and move me on up. Why? Because I'm thankful. I'm thankful for everything. If I get a good parking spot, glory to God. If I get promo get in front, of, uh, get promoted in line, glory to God. So if you hang around me and you ain't looking to be have some uh, praise on you, you might not want to hang around me because I will break out dancing anywhere. I ain't talking about that little cute. Ooh, hallelujah! I mean, wow! Y'all already told y'all about that story about when Julian and I was in Canadian Tire and I got a word and I took off running. In Canadian Tire, I did a lap around the aisles. And y'all know how long those aisles are, Canadian Tire. I took a lap. I was, woo, glory! And I was so excited when I seen it the second time. I ran around the second, the, another time. And the guy at the store was like, is he okay? <laughs> like, yeah, even in the midst of the storm. We had some bad news that it came from, uh, from the States. And we was in Best Buy. And... It was bad news from the natural standpoint, but we believe in what the word of God says. And then uh, we got one little praise. What I mean, just one. Man, you'd have thought the whole thing had happened. I started dancing in Best Buy next to the stereo equipment, just dancing. Woo! Glory to God. Of course, Jewish Canadian wasn't quite ready for my, my praise. She's looking like, could you stop that? I'm like, I'm trying, but it's in my feet, girl. It's in my feet. Glory to God. So yeah, don't judge me. Because I know in the midst of a storm, you got to praise God, even when it don't look like it. Even when it don't sound like it, even when everything in you is telling you to cry, you got to praise God in the middle of the storm. You got to sing in the middle of the storm. You want to know why? Because when you begin to sing in the middle of the storm, you, you usher in the very presence of God and he comes to you. And anything that's not like him, not from him, it dissipates. It goes far from you. Amen. Glory to God. I'm so excited. And I ain't even got to the point I need to get to yet. Glory to God. But I'm just telling you, get free. When you come in here, get free. Don't, I mean, I grew up in a Baptist church, and I mean, if you would have, I mean, you know, only time I ever seen people, go, ah, 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 all that was like in the choir or something like that, you know, and then it's only on certain songs, 
you know, but it was unusual for you to see somebody stand up in the middle of the service and put their hand. I remember I went to, I was going to my uncle's deacon ordination, and I did that because I, 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 I wasn't in Baptist church, but I was going to Word of Faith by then, and I mean, hey, they were singing praise and worship, so I got to put my hands up. They looked at me, he must not be from here. We don't do that here. I'm like, come on, man. The Lord says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. But I did go to a Baptist church in Atlanta, and they set it off up in that piece. I mean, the pastor, everybody, they set it off. You ain't never seen that many people running around. I'm like, glory to God. Ooh, ooh, that's when I was dancing in the spirit. And I, before I knew what dancing in the spirit was, next to my boss and his wife, I'm like, I'm so fired right now. Glory to God. But I was all the way in, so I don't care. I, I'm loose. Oh, I, I'm only I'm only I'm only tied to this cable, but I, on the inside I'm running around this room right now. But I got to stay in front of the camera, so you know. <laughs> if it was further out, I woo he running back and forth. Glory to God. <sighs> I say all that to say this, yes, sir. Even in the midst of the storm, get get loose, get free. By praising God. Never, I don't care if you can't carry a tune in the bucket. You might sound like you are running over a cat repeatedly with a rocking chair when you start singing. Sing because you're not singing to man, you're singing unto the Lord. And in fact, you can close your eyes. If you can remember the lyrics, close your eyes and just focus on you and the Father. Because that's who you that's who you're praising. Not man, not me or anybody. You're focusing on the Father. Okay, Jones, you got the light on. Praise God. So I'm making this declaration. We're going to jump right in. And the court is Isaiah chapter 61, 1 through 4 says this. It says that the spirit of the Lord God is upon me for he has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive, open to the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, and to comfort all who mourn, to appoint unto them the morning Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, to all of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And they shall build the old waste, and they shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities the desolation of many generations. So, Father, we give you glory, honor, and praise, and thank you for this opportunity in your word. We thank you, Father God, for the opportunity to come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Father, thank you for this opportunity to minister to these, your sheep. Father, I thank you that our preaching and teaching would not be with enticing words of man's wisdom, but let it be in demonstration of spirit and power. Holy Spirit, you're already here. Have your way in us today. Move up and down each and every aisle. Touch each and every person. Touch each and every household. Father God, touch this city, this community, this province, this nation, the world. We thank you, Father God, The burdens will be removed and yokes will be destroyed because of the anointing. Our eyes are anointed to see, our ears are anointed to hear, our hearts are open and ready to receive the engrafted word of God that will change our lives forever. In Jesus' name, let us all say, Amen. Now, who are we? I'm going to tell you. Who are we? I'm going to tell you who we are and what our, what our 
purpose is. And this is how this is how we're going to start off because the father says you need to be reminded who you are. He says, we are Faithful Life Brigade, and we've been assembled to take the kingdom of God north, south, east, and west throughout our land. We've been called to make disciple makers who will impact the seven pillars of influence in our land. We've been called to tear down strongholds and establish new ways of thinking according to the kingdom of God. We've been called to represent heaven in the earth as kings and priests. We've been called to prepare a people for the return of the Lord. We're leaders of leaders and we're sounding the alarm to all who were here. It's time to take our place and take the land and establish the kingdom of God living in the city of Ottawa and the nation of Canada. It's will take each of us doing our part in order to for this to happen. God has chosen each of us for such a time as this. Did y'all hear that? God has chosen each one of us for such a time as this. You are not here by chance. You're not here by happenstance. And every Sunday morning or Thursday at six o'clock, you are entering into training. That's why this is called the depot, which in the French means depository. We train, we, we equipped, we train, we dispatch. We equip, we train, we dispatch. That's exactly what we do. That's what Sunday morning is all about. It's all about training, equipping you, training you so you can be dispatched out there to influence the, uh, the other places outside of church on your jobs, in your schools, in your communities, in your houses, in your neighborhoods, in your grocery stores. Everywhere you go, the kingdom of God goes with you everywhere you go. It's not like you got to go somewhere. You got only can come to church and experience the kingdom of God because the kingdom of God is on the inside of you. See, God is not way off in the by and by. He's on the inside of you. And when you realize that the kingdom of God is on the inside of you, it should change how you see things. It should change how you view things. And what God told me to start off this morning, he says, I need you to go back and I want you to tell my people how I do what I do. So buckle up, buttercup, because this is where we're going to go this morning. Are y'all ready? Now, you can't say he said this. You cannot say you don't know why you're here. See, in this camp, in this house, we, this, this is what we're called to do. We're called to go out and make disciples, to teach people how to operate according to the kingdom of God. That is our assignment. Somebody might have the It's kind of like in the Marine Corps, like USMC, United States Marine Corps, or Uncle Sam's misguided children, or you signed my contract, however it is you want to look at it, that we have one objective. Take the enemy out, secure the land, whatever the mission is. Now, you have people who are infantry, you have people who are in artillery, you have people who are in supply, you have people who are, are tank drivers and gunners, you have pilots, you have all these things, but they only have one objective. But the, the, the tank drivers are the tankers, which are McCrewmen, which I was, we can't go and tell the artillery people, you got to apply tank principles in your artillery camp. It will not work. Even though they have the exact same mission, 
it will not work. It's no different to say, hey, I heard in the artillery camp that this is what they do, so we need to try to apply that to the tank camp. It won't work. Are you listening to me? It won't work. So when, when you, you gotta come, we have to get to this mindset, get to the understanding is there's one mission, and that's what Jesus told the disciples, make disciples. He told them, go out and preach. He said, teach, making disciples. Where? All, to all nations. It doesn't matter if they're white, black, Chinese. It doesn't matter if they're rich or poor. It doesn't matter if they grew up believing the same way you do. Because I grew up, like I said, in the Baptist church. And a lot of the stuff I grew up and learned in the Baptist church, when I came and I got, became into the non-denominational church, and it became just about the Bible, I learned a lot of stuff that I did not know. And the, thing, the whole thing that God is saying is, I'm doing a new thing in the earth, and I need you to get back to my way of doing things, because the reason why there's so much confusion and splendor and people are split on this side and that side, and this, he says it's because they have gotten away from what my word says. He says, I'm not schizophrenic. If you listen to a lot of people, because being a, being a leader, you talk to a lot of people. Or being a believer, you hear you talk to a lot of people. And some people will make you think God is schizophrenic. He can't like God can't make up his mind. God's not lost. God is never going to be your problem, but he will always be your solution. Are you listening to me? So in 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 this in this camp or in our house, we are architects. That's what we do. We are architects. And what we do is we go into places where the kingdom of God is not present. And we establish, we set up camp to do what? To, to begin to teach people how to operate according to the kingdom of God. There are people who you've been going to church with, people I've gone to church with for years, who don't even know the kingdom of God even exists. And they think the kingdom of God is, is when you get to heaven. They think eternal life is when you get to heaven. But eternal life began the moment you accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Are you interested? Are you listening? You still with me? I love y'all too. Praise God. Turn with me to Psalms chapter 127. Psalms chapter 127. I'm going to be reading this out of the Amplified. Psalms chapter 127. And this is what the Lord gave me to share with you. He says this, except the Lord builds your house. When you build it when you're laboring to build it you can get it built he says but you're laboring in vain 127 and 1 127 and 1 except the lord builds the house they labor in vain the building except the lord keeps or guards the city the watchman wakes but in vain it is vain or useless for you to to rise early, to take rest late, to eat the bread of anxious toiling, our work, our laboring. For God gives blessings to his beloved in sleep. In other words, except God is the one who's building your house, except God is the one who's establishing, except God is the one who's protecting you, except God is the one who's providing, you can get all those things done, he says, and you'll even get it built, he said, but you'll be doing it in your own strength and your own ability. Do you remember what he said this? He said toiling was a result of the curse. 
Remember when Adam, before Adam, bowed his knees to Satan in, in Genesis chapter 3, it says Adam, he was operating according to the kingdom of God. The moment he bowed his knee to Satan, he says now, God says, part of, your, part of the curse now because you have transitioned from the kingdom of God into the kingdom of darkness is now you will have to toil the ground in order to get the food supply that you once was able to just pick off the tree. Everybody's trying to become independent of God. And when you become independent of God, then you, you're dependent on yourself. Are you listening to me? I need you all to understand that part. When you start operating outside of the kingdom of God, there it is. When you start operating outside of the kingdom of God, then you're, you're beginning to operate according to the kingdom of this world. When you're operating according to the kingdom of the darkness, then what you're saying is, God, I don't want what you have. I don't want to be a part of what you got going on. I want to do it my, you like Frank Sinatra. I want to do it my own way. And when you do that, now you are responsible for keeping you. How many people, and, and how do you know that? If you read Matthew chapter 6, 33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and, all, and, and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. But when you operate outside of the kingdom of God, now you're toiling, anxiously working to get the same thing that God has already made available in his kingdom. So y'all see that? Think about it for a second. He says, except he, except he builds your house, Except he be the one who establishes when you're doing it, you're doing it all in vain. You're getting a result. I mean, I'm not saying you don't get a result, but you are toiling, anxiously working because the moment you stop do working, guess what happens? It stops working. But when you operate according to the kingdom of God, then God is the one who's already made provisions for you ahead of time. When Adam got to the garden, by the time he got to the garden, everything was already made available to him. Why is that important? Because God says, I have a specific way that I build my house. There's a specific way in which God is building the church. Anybody interested in finding out what that is? I know y'all was. Calm down, Jerry. Good gracious. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4. How is God building the house? How is God going to build his church? Because if, if you're in the body of Christ, I think I want to know. God, how are you expecting the church to be built? And it's not like he like just puts a spell on you and everything and then you do it. That's not how it works. I know you're interested. Here we go. Ephesians chapter four, verse 10. I'm reading out of the Passion Translation. It says this. It says the same one who descended is also the, the one who also ascended above the heights of heaven in order to begin the restoration and fulfillment of all things. Who are you talking about here? Jesus. Jesus was the one who descended, but he also ascended to bring about the restoration of all things. Right. So we're talking about Jesus here. So I need you to hear this part. So if we're talking about Jesus, here we go. And he says, and he still talking about Jesus has appointed some with the grace to be apostles and some with the grace to be a prophets and some with with the grace to be evangelists and some with the grace to be pastors and some to be teachers. 
So he's given, he's given apostles, he's given prophets, he's given evangelists, he's given pastors, he's given teachers, he's given evangelists. He's gave some of them, not everybody. So it's not one day you apostle, the next day you're a prophet. He said, I gave some to do that. What is the purpose of doing that? He says, I gave those, he says, and their calling is to nurture or mature and prepare the holy believers to do their own works of ministry. So he gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to mature the church so they would be able to do their own works of ministry. Their own works of ministry, that word ministry simply means service. So he gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to mature believers so that they can go out and do works of service. Do y'all hear that? So you can go out and do works of service. It didn't say that you can only do works of service on Sunday mornings because you can serve on Sunday morning and, and you're already around like-minded people. But when you're out in the world, they need the only way that they're going to be able to see Christ, the hope of glory, or see the goodness of God and magnify him is by your works of service. And the only way you're going to understand how to do it according to the kingdom of God is you're sitting on apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Does it, is that in your Bible? Okay. Because there is a lot of confusion about that. And it's, it, all you got, he says, all you got to do is go back and look at my word. He says, and their callings is to nurture and prepare all the holy believers to do their own works of service. And as they do this, they will enlarge and build up the body of Christ. How did the body of Christ go and get enlarged? By past apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, nurturing and maturing believers to go out and do works of service. And by doing works of service, it's going to increase the body of Christ. How is it going to increase the body of Christ? Because people are going to want to see or know why do you do what you do the way that you do. If you, if you go feed somebody, they may not believe anything you say. You begin to go feed that person, they're going to be wide open to hear, what, hear about your Jesus. You start doing stuff just because you want to show the love of God. People are going to want to hear about your Jesus. OK, so that is to build up the body of Christ. Did it say it's about building up a church? What's the objective? To build and expand the kingdom of God. If, you, if your focus is to build and expand the kingdom of God, it will it will grow your church. Why? Because they're going to know in order to continue to grow, they're going to have to sit under the word of God so they can be taught. Do y'all see that? It's not about the building. It's about teaching people how to grow up so they can go out and do works of the ministry to enlarge the body of Christ. It says, now, these grace gifts, uh, let me see. He says, these, these grace gifts, ministries, will function until we all obtain oneness into, into the faith, until we all experience the fullness of what it means to know the Son of God, and finally we come one, become one into a perfect man with the full dimensions of spiritual maturity and fully developed into an abundance of Christ. So we're going to be, we're going to, 
continue this process until we all come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of who? The Son of God. Your denomination is not your faith. Your denomination is based off of, uh, of do their doctrines and teachings and portions of the Bible that they said and said, this is what we believe. Like a Baptist, they believe in, the ba in being baptized. Uh, apostolic, they believe in, in uh, the day of Pentecost. Pentecostals, self-explanatory. But they believe in the Holy Spirit and the baptism of speaking in tongues. Methodists, they have a method by which people operate and get saved. Anglicans, Episcopalians, all those are doctrines. Those are all denominations. But if what their denomination does not line up with the, with the word of God, it's just that. It's just denomination. Like, like people think, talk about Catholics. There is two types of Catholics. There's not just one type of Catholic. There's two types of Catholic. You have the Catholic and then you have the Roman Catholic. And even though they have the same name Catholic, which means universal, the Roman Catholics do things totally different than what regular Catholics do. Most Catholics don't know that. It's a difference. So if you go talk to a Roman Catholic about praying to Jesus, they're going to tell you in error. We pray to Mary. Because you pray to Mary, because if you pray to Mary, then Mary will turn and tell Jesus, and then Jesus will do it. And it's all based off of the time that Jesus was at the wedding, and his mother told him they out of wine. And it says, Mary went to Jesus, told him they're out of wine. He says, woman, what does that have to do with me? But he did it anyway. He eventually did it anyway. Not because she said it, but because the father said to do it. And people use that as a, that's why they pray to Mary. Because she, if you pray to Mary, then Mary will be able to get it to Jesus and she, he'll do it. Mary's a great woman. We take nothing away from her. Don't, don't, don't misunderstand it. We take nothing away from that. But that is not scriptural. Because Jesus said, you pray to the Father in his name. Do y'all see the difference? When you pray to the Father in Jesus' name, you can guarantee you're going to get a result. If you pray to Mary, hoping Mary's going to tell Jesus, and Jesus is going to tell the Father, you are, you're not going to get a result. You're going to get a result, but not the result you're looking for. Now, does that mean every Catholic only believes in Mary that they don't believe in Jesus? No, because there's spirit-filled Catholics, too, filled with the Holy Ghost, Tongue-talking Catholics. Why? Because they read in the Bible where it says that Mary was filled with the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost with the other 120. Do y'all see that? So I'm not taking it. What, I'm what God is trying to point people back to is get back into the Bible. I'm not even asking you to take my word for it. Take what I say, write it down, go back home and study it for yourself with the Bible. And you're going to find out that what the Bible says is true. It never changes. People have tried to change it and take, the, you know, like some some translations are not really translations. What they are actually are paraphrasing. The person read the scripture and they paraphrase it, what it means to them. But if you don't go back and find out studying the Greek, studying Hebrew, I know we was on a call this week and uh the word we was reading how in Psalms chapter eight, how the, the angel said you've made them a little less than angels. And if you just read it that way, you would think the angels were superior to 
to God. I mean, angels are superior to man. But when you studied it out for real, you know what it says? It says he made him a little lower than Elohim, which is a name for God. He made him a little lower than himself. Do y'all see that? I'm not telling you to take my word for it. What I'm telling you to do is study the word for yourself. Hear it on Sunday, write down the notes, go back home, study it for yourself. Goes on and says that we all come together in the fullness of God. Now, he says the reason why he wants you to, to be, become uh, abundance of Christ and then our immaturity. Now, once you come into the fullness and, and perfect man, a mature man of God, and into spiritual maturity, he says this is what's going to happen as you're growing in maturity. You're going to get out of immaturity. He says, and then our immaturity will end. And we will be we will not be easily shaken by trouble, nor led astray by novel teachings or by false doctrines of deceivers who teach clever lies. But instead, we will remain strong and always sincere in our love as we express the truth. What's the truth? John 17, 17 says, uh, Father, sanctify them by thy truth. Your word is truth. So when you begin to grow up in the things of God and you then you're not so you're not immature or unlearned in the things of God. Then when people come, we call them snake oil salesmen, come with their little shady, you know, they, we call it cheap grace. Cheap grace means you, you can do whatever you want and there's no consequence for it. That, that, that makes absolutely no sense at all because if you, the kingdom of God is still at hand. Whether you believe it works or not, it still works. The laws, uh, rules, regulations, the laws in the kingdom of darkness, they still work whether you believe it works or not. The thing about a law, the law works every single time. Thanks, buddy. Ooh, little mouse over there just said amen. Pray. He, get your praise on, brother, because everybody, y'all tight this moment. All right. It says this. He goes on to say, he says, once you become more mature, you won't be easily led astray by novel teachings or by false doctrines of deceivers who teach clever lies. But instead, we will remain strong. And always sincere in our love as we express the truth. So what are we doing? Ex Teaching the truth in love, sharing the truth in love. You know, you could tell somebody, ah, I can't stand you. And they go on the defense. Or you're like, you know what? There's some things I think, some issues I think that we have with one another. I think we need to work them out. I said the exact same thing. I just said it a different way. The first way I said in anger. The second way I said it in love. Okay. All our direction and ministries will flow from Christ and lead us deeper into him. The anointed head of his body, the church, for his body has been formed in his image and is closely joined together and constantly connected as one. And every member has been given divine gifts to contribute to the growth of a 
of all. So every member in the body of Christ has been given divine gifts in order for the body to grow. Every member, not just some, not just on Sunday mornings, but every member has been given divine gifts so that we, we can all continue to grow. And as these gifts operate effectively throughout the whole body, we are built up and made perfect in love. So the more you begin to operate in your divine gifts that have been given to you, and you begin to operate in that gift. A lot of people are sitting on their gift saying, God, okay, God, whenever you're ready, I'm ready, Lord. Whenever you're ready, Lord, I'm ready, Lord. God, like, I'm, I'm ready. You're like, no, Lord, whenever you're ready, Lord. I get that, boo, boo, boo. that don't mean nothing. You might just have gas. Whenever you're, God's like, I've been ready. The moment I told you I was ready. I told you I needed you to begin to do X, Y, Z. I need you to do this. And I need you. See, most people say, if God would tell me what to do, I'll do it. He says, I already had. He said, I already told you to go out and make disciples. He said, I already told you to teach you whatsoever you have observed. I've already told you all these things, but you're waiting for us uh, the perfect time. The perfect time is right now, because guess what? People are dropping off this earth like flies. time to grow up. It's time for all of us to grow up. And I said all of us. That means me included. Because there's some stuff God, I was going through this and God was like, I need you to do X, Y, Z. I, I wasn't like, Lord, but I'm doing this. Don't you see my schedule, Lord? I'm doing this. I was like, yes, sir. I just make the adjustment. And that's what he's asking us to do. See, this message is not, is not specifically for, it's for the entire body of Christ. He's telling us, he says, it's time to grow up. See, remember he says, uh, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, their, their purpose is to help to mature the saints, to, to, to grow up, to go out and do the works of service that the body of Christ may grow. The ultimate goal is for the body of Christ to grow. Did y'all hear that? The ultimate goal is for the body of Christ to grow. And the only way the body of Christ is going to grow is for the believers in the body of Christ to grow up. And one of the, way, one of the times that you was able, if there was ever a time that we would see that the body of Christ needs to grow up, it's been over the last eight months. Because if over, yes, sir, he says over the, yes, sir, he says over the last eight months, you should, remember 2020 was supposed to be, people saying it's going to be a year in which things become clear. Things have become clear. People found out where they was really at. See, I can say I'm strong in the Lord and the power is might and oh, I feel it. So as long as my bank account is full, there's no threat of me getting put out of my house. I ain't lost my job. They ain't going to come repo my car. But when all H-E double hockey stick broke out, people begin, they found out where their trust was really in. Like I told y'all before, when I first came here from the States, used to be in a clinician and everything, serving, have clinic and everything. Man, I had a steady income coming, but reality clicked in when I came here. And they said, you cannot do that here unless you do X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm like, okay, but I still have resources in the bank. Until I went to the store one day, wanted to buy a lovely a pair of shoes, and I looked at my bank account and realized that, oh, wow, hold up. I don't have a check coming out of this one. 
Lord, I bought the shoes anyway. Don't worry about it. I got the shoes anyway. I got the shoes. But I was like, Lord, Lord, he says, your job is not your source. I'm your source. Your job is a resource. Because if that place closed down tomorrow and God is your source, okay, Lord, I've been sowing into your kingdom. I have a covenant right according to the my constitution, the Bible, according to the constitution as a citizen of God. I've been seeking first your kingdom. What do we do now? What's the next assignment? I never call a job a job. I said, what's the assignment on this job? Do y'all see the difference between the two? Same thing, different perception. So it's time to grow up. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, it's time for you to grow up. I know y'all like, I don't want to say that to you. I don't want to hurt your feelings. And this is, yes, sir. He says, and the reason why I have you say, oh, that's good, Lord. The reason why I have you say it to other people here with people that you trust and know love you is so that when you go out there and, and you're talking to other people to try to save their life, if you want to say it here with people who, who you trust, you won't say anything out there to them either. It's to help you get past that comfort zone is to help you get past the being so complacent and only saying stuff to people who are like-minded light on light don't have as much don't have as much effect but light on darkness has great effect we all need to grow up how do you know you need to grow up okay first corinthians chapter three Verse number one says this it says brothers and sisters i'm reading out a passion translation brothers and sisters when I was with you, I found it impossible to speak to you as those who are spiritually mature people, for you are still dominated by the mindset of the flesh. And because you are immature infants in Christ, he says, I had to nurse you and feed you with milk, not with the solid food, for more advanced teachings because you weren't ready for it. It didn't say he didn't want you to feed them with more solid food. It says they were not ready for solid food. And you would be surprised on certain Sunday mornings you can come in because what people say is I've already heard that. I already know that. I don't need, a, I don't need that part. That's for them. That's not for me. Let me help you. If you are hearing it, it's for you. Now, it may not be to the same level as with other people. It may not be for the same things because all of us have areas in our life where we still need to grow up. Can I thank you, buddy? Thank you for that. Amen. Thank you for that one. Thank you, too, for that one. Amen. Oh, thank you. Thank you, brother. Amen. Preaching. Good, good preaching. Woo! I say amen to myself. All of us have areas where we need to grow up. He, yes, sir. He said, because he said this on the way here this morning. He says, the moment you think you have exhausted the word of God to the point that you no longer need to hear it. He says, that's the point where you stop growing in that area. You cannot get to the next step if you already believe you have arrived. It doesn't matter who you are. If you don't think you could ever, you, you can hear the same message and still not get anything out. Of it, he says, you have stopped in your growth process because your pride says, I already know. Can I tell you? You do not. You know a portion. You do not know all of it. I can get one scripture and I can spend 30 minutes on that one scripture. Why? Because there's something in it. 
for every, if you just take every word, you'll learn something out of it. He says, that's what, yeah. He says, that's what happened to the Pharisees and Sadducees. They had heard the law. They knew what the law said. So they, when Jesus came to talk to them about the proper interpretation of it, they were not open to receive it. They heard it. They would not receive it. Because they would not receive it, they could not receive the benefits from it. I know. I love y'all, too. I can feel that love, too. He's, Paul says, I had to nurse you and feed you with milk, not with solid food of more advanced teaching, because you weren't ready for it. In fact, you are still not ready to be fed solid food, for you are living your lives dominated by the mindset of the flesh. He says, ask yourself, is there jealousy among you? Do you compare yourselves with others? Do you quarrel like children and end up taking sides? Nobody here. If so, this proves that you are living your life centered on yourselves, dominated by the mindset of the flesh and behaving like unbelievers. Man, if there's one thing you should have seen, I've seen on uh, throughout the Facebook and all that and Instagram and all that, people when it was talking about the elections in the United States, people who are spirit-filled, baptized, full with the Holy Ghost, go to church, some of them preach the word and everything. If you read that, if I wasn't a believer and I read that post, I would have no desire to ever come to your church. They was attacking one another because they had different opinions and views. If you voted Democrat, praise God. You vote Republican, praise God. You vote Independent, praise God. You praise. You vote Liberal, praise the Lord. You vote NDP here in Canada. You pray. You vote for the Progressive Party, uh, the Conservative Party, the People's Party. That is your decision. It's your choice. I don't have to agree with it, but I never let it come in between whether I'm going to have a relationship with you or not, because none of it is going to stop what God is going to do if we do our part. Did y'all see that part? Did the Bible say it's going to be dependent upon who sits in, in, in Parliament? Or is it going to be dependent upon who sits in the White House? It never said that. It says the body of Christ will grow when the church does this. The kingdom of God will expand and take dominion and authority over those situations and circumstances. But you can't do that if you're not walking in love. Because love will short-circuit your faith. Faith will short-circuit what grace is able to make available to you. Is that in your Bible too? Read 1 Corinthians chapter 13 when you go home. And the first thing it says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, it profits me nothing. You can be praying in tongues and not walking in love, it profits you nothing. And though I speak with, with, with uh, know the mysteries and answers and, and can prophesy in the whole nine yards, but don't have love, it profits nothing. This is meat this morning, if you haven't figured it out. This is me. This ain't milk. This is me. Because the father said it's time for people to grow up. All of us in the body of Christ, not specifically here, all of us in the body of Christ. It's time for the body of Christ to grow up. He says, do you quarrel one another like children and end up taking sides? If so, this proves that you are living your life centered on yourselves, dominated by mindsets of the flesh and behaving like unbelievers. For when you divide yourselves 
up in groups, a, gr a Paul group, an Apollos group. And you're, he says, you're acting like people without the Spirit's influence or the Holy Spirit's influence. Who's Apollos? Really? Or who is Paul? Aren't we both just servants through whom you believed our message? Aren't each of us doing the ministry the Lord has assigned to us? I was the one who planted the church, and Apollos came and cared for it. But it was God who caused it to grow. Did y'all hear that part? Paul had his part. Apollos had his part. But God was the one that brought the increase. So when we get in contentions about, I follow this one, I follow that one. I listen to the word. I, you can be Baptist, I can learn something. You could be Pentecostal, I can learn something. You could be Methodist, Anglican, I can learn something because I go in with the attitude, I purpose to learn something. I'm either going to learn something to do or something not to do. I know. This means God is the one who brings the increase, right? So if God is the one, this means the one who plants is, is not anybody special, nor the one who waters, for God is the one who brings the supernatural growth. Now, the one who plants and the one who waters are equally important and on the same team. Just like we talked about the Marine Corps. Marine Corps, if you're a cook, you get, you get just as much credit as the guy who, who's in recon, who goes out there and, you know, infiltrates the enemy's camp before they even get there. There's no difference. Why? It's only one Marine Corps. This is our motto. We, we fight as one. We function as one. I was in a platoon with 98 people. Guess what? We function as one. If one person missed it, we all paid for it. We have a, such a common unit bonding that if if I don't, you don't even have to be a Marine. And see, a Marine knows another Marine. Julian found this out when we was in the States. I was in a, in a store one day. I didn't have, I don't even think I had, had any Marine Corps gear on or nothing. And the guy outside, he had a tattoo or something like that. I said, ooh, rah, to the guy. He's like, I knew you was in the Marine Corps. I knew you was a Marine. How? That code. And when we started talking, you'd have thought we'd known each other forever. But I only met the guy for that very moment. It should be the same way in the body of Christ. If we in the body of Christ and we all growing in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, and we're all putting in the work of service in order that we may grow up and expand the body of Christ, making it more about the body of Christ expansion and the kingdom of God's expansion more than are you a part of this camp or whether you're a part of that camp. When you make it about that, then God is able to bring great increase. Put your rocks down, because I throw rocks back. Now, we are co-workers with God. Did y'all hear that? We are co-workers with God, and you are God's cultivated garden, the house he is building. So everything we said in Ephesians 4, Paul is telling us here in, in 1 Corinthians 3, this is how it all comes together. When I'm doing my part, Apollos was doing his part, then what does it do? It causes you, we're cultivating you, causing you to grow up. We're causing you to grow up so you can go out and do the works of the ministry.
God told me to tell you the, the title of this message is You're Built to Last. And the only way you're going to get stronger in the things of God is you got to lay down this, this childish stuff. Stop all the bickering and arguing and fussing and fighting. You already know Betty's not going to listen to you talk about you know, Jesus. So you might as well stop talking to Betty about Jesus. This, but this is what you do to Betty instead. You just love the fool off of her. Let her watch your lifestyle. Oh, man, this is what the Bible says I'm supposed to do. OK, I'm going to do that. Oh, this is what the Bible said I'm supposed to do. OK, Holy Spirit, how do I do that? Because I tried that last time and it didn't work. Do y'all see that? Stop fighting with each other. Because when people, that's good. One time years ago, the, there was a brothers and I, we went down to Atlanta to this manpower meeting. And at midnight, there was like 300 men out there. And we're all singing. We're in Atlanta at the Martyr Station. And you had men on one side and men on the other side. And we're singing praises and worship to God, right? So everybody at the Martyr Station started looking over the rail like, man, what the world is going on down there? Then all of a sudden, the guys who I was with was like, man, this is a great time to go evangelize. Now, you know me. I will talk to you about, I will talk to, you talk, you, you talk to me long enough, you getting Jesus in that conversation somewhere. I may not go the, the, thou, but you're going to get the principle about the kingdom of God and Jesus in that conversation. So we went up and we was going down where people was waiting on the train and we were sharing Jesus. Well, this guy ran across this guy who was a Jehovah Witness and the Jehovah Witness wanted to argue with the guy. So he's giving his point. And the Jehovah Witness guy is giving his point. And then I'm like, dude, stop arguing with him. He's like, why? I'm trying to tell him. I was like, he's not receiving. But everybody else around here is looking at you. If they even wanted to know about your Jesus, they know they won't come to you now because they know if they disagree with you, you're going to pounce on them. Hey, I offer you Jesus. you like, I don't want that. I don't be like, what? What you mean? I can't believe. I'd be like, praise God. All right. Hey, hallelujah. God bless you, man of God, woman of God. Guess what? I'm still going to speak the blessing over your life anyway when I walk away. And every time I see you, hey, woman of God, hi, man of God. They, why do you call me that? You know my life don't look nothing like that because I'm calling those things to be not as though they were. I'm acting just like God. Do y'all see this? It's not difficult. If we as the body of Christ grow up, Focus on growing up in the things of God. Go and do the works of the ministry. God will, when we start doing the works of the ministry, operate according to the kingdom of God, making disciples. To teach them about the word of God, not what you want to get them. You, need, you cannot build a house without a foundation. And too many people are trying to start at the top of the house and the person has no foundation. And even if you give them all that high level stuff and they don't have a, a basic foundation, they will crash and burn. And they will turn back to go back to what it is that they knew before. And this is what they'll say. I knew that Bible stuff didn't work. It's not that it didn't work. We as disciple makers did not disciple them. I know. I love y'all too. Hallelujah. And that's as far as we're going to get today. I mean, there's there's much more and there's 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 parts that. Yes, sir. Two minutes. Can I get two minutes?
The reason why he says this is important, he says, because this is, he says, I want you, I'm telling you all this because there's a war that's going on and the war is going to be won or lost in your mind. The war is going to be won or lost in your mind. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse number three says this, for though we walk in the flesh or live in the flesh, we don't live, we don't war, carry out our warfare according to the flesh. Use a mere human weapons for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal are fleshy, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now, a stronghold is a fortified pattern of thinking. All of us have them, and not all of them are right, and not all of them are according to the Word of God. We all have areas in our life that we have fortified patterns of thinking. Even some people with the stuff I'm talking about today, as soon as I started talking about that, they locked their head off and they shut their mind down. I was like, I already know that. I don't need to know that. Well, let me hear, let me be the first to tell you, yes, you're the very person he's talking to. Because you think you already know it. You don't know. Not to do it the way he said to do it. When I came to Canada from the States, I, there was a certain way we evangelized in the States. I came to Canada. I did the exact same thing as I did in the States. Guess what? When I did it that way, people resisted. You know what I did? Make the adjustment. Father, what adjustment do I need to do? I make the adjustment. I'm in Toronto, which is close to this, close to being like the States. I'm in Toronto. I had to make the adjustment. You know, the second time I went out with the team, I made the adjustment. You know what happened? Got better results. We started doing ministry here in the Osgood, Greeley area. Man, I'm already in Canada for a while, so now I know how to do it. I take the same message. We go over the, over the bridge to Quebec. Same message from the time I left the service here in Ottawa to the time I got to the service in Wakefield, I had to make the adjustment because the same examples I would use here, I could not use in Wakefield and get the same result. You have to be pliable. You have to be teachable. You can't be, as I, as you say, concrete cranial. Some people are just hard-headed and you can't get anything through. So you got to keep hear, hearing the same message over and over and over again and, and, until you get some breakthrough ahead. And that's what God is he's telling the church. See, y'all think this is just about what we said here today. I know other pastors who are preaching the same message right now. Because God, this is a word to the body of Christ. You got to grow up. I heard the same message preached in a pastor's meeting this week. You got to grow up. And he was talking to pastors. You got to grow up. So when I walk, run, flat, wash, uh, uh, it's not flesh and blood. He says, but we're pulling down strongholds. Pulling down strongholds are refuting, are driving out any arguments, or theories, or reasonings that try to exalt themselves above the word of God. So any mindset that you have that exalts itself or lifts itself higher than the word of God, he says, I need you to pull that thought down. How do you do it? You're, you're, you're going to be dead by Thursday. The devil was a lie. I pulled that thought down because the word of God says with long life will he satisfy me and show me his salvation in accordance to Psalms 91. You're going to be, you, you sick and you ain't going to live. Nope. I, don't, I pulled that thought down. But why? Because in accordance to Isaiah 53 and 5, it says by Jesus stripes I was healed. Sickness is trying to say it is exalted itself over what it is that the truth already says. Fact is what the doctor said. Truth is 
God, by Jesus' stripes, you're already healed. He says, when you do this, you pull those things down and bring them to the obedience of Christ. And yeah, that's where we're going to stop. It's time to grow up. In order for the body of Christ to grow, the church, the body, has to mature in the things of God. To begin out to go and not just mature in the things of God to have head knowledge, mature in the things of God so you can go out and do works of service that will cause the body of Christ to grow. And as the body of Christ is growing, guess what else is going to happen? You're going to continue to grow up into maturity, into the things of God. And as you're growing up into the maturity of the things of God, we're going to be able to share the truth in love, not in anger, not in bitterness, not in resentment. Amen. So, Father, we give you glory, honor, and praise, and thank you for this opportunity in your word today, Lord. <laughs> thank you. I thank you, Lord, that you love me and that you trust us enough to tell your people the truth, even when they may not like it. We're going to always tell people the truth, and we're going to speak the truth in love. But if this is your very first time and you've never accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, or you've accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, but you know you've gotten out of fellowship with him, meaning that you, don't, you know you haven't been, like the message says that, you haven't been living life the way you're supposed to, following, following out the God's word, letting his word be the final authority in your life. Man, there's no condemnation in that. So what we got to do, we can get it right, right here, right now. In accordance to... Uh, Romans chapter 10, verses 8, 9, and 10, it says, If you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Now, if you're out of right relationship, means that you, you gave your life to the Lord, but you haven't really been living that life. You've been living under cheap grace. You've been living life any kind of way you want to live it. There's no condemnation there. All you got to do is, according to the first uh, John chapter 1, verse 9, it says, If you confess, acknowledge your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you of all your sins, cleanse you of all unrighteousness, and will treat you as if you've never sinned. So if that's you, I'd like you to join us today as we, we make this prayer. Pray for, uh, from your, out of your uh, mouth, mean it from your heart, and just repeat after me. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I do believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe he died for me on the cross and carried my sins for me. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. Father, I receive your offer of forgiveness. I take it right now. I receive the Holy Spirit right now. I believe that I'm born again right now in jesus name amen now the best you and you've prayed that prayer we'd like to welcome you to the family welcome you to the kingdom of god now what we would actually ask you to do is if if you would send us an email or info or do it right there on the screen check i made a decision or gives us a thumbs up or a smiley or hot just let us know that you responded to that prayer and if you need some more information just write us at info at faithfullifeottawa.com that's info at faithfullifeottawa.com and we love to get the material to you to help you know what to do 
Because what you're going to do have to do is what we just talked about today. You're going to have to find a word-based church that's going to teach you to, about the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ and about the blood of Jesus. And now that I'm born again, how do I begin to mature and grow up into the things of God so I can do the works of service that you was talking about to be able to increase the body of Christ? So if that was you, I'd love for you to write us and uh, send us that information and we will get the information out to you. My name is Pastor Milton Jones. Again, this is uh, Sister Juan Jones. We'd like to thank you for joining us today and we will see you again next week.